Welcome to So Many Bits. I'm your host, Bill Nielsen, and joining me once again from this palatial VoIP line in the middle of the internet is Cliff Murphy. Cliff, how are you? I'm doing all right, Bill. How are you? I'm good. I'm getting ready to do a mature, responsible thing uh, for, you know, just for the apartment, and that's uh, putting plastic wrap over the windows. Is that something you do, or do you just have good insulation where you live? Plastic wrap over the windows. I have never done that. So I don't know. I don't think that has to do with anything of the the quality of my windows. It's just something I have never done. It's definitely something I'm going to do this year. Like uh, I I used to do it in the past, but it's just a big pain in the ass. Like you have to, you know, get out a ladder and put all this tape all over the wall and then you have to wrap it up. And Mm -hmm. also, ideally, you're supposed to use like a hairdryer to like shrink the plastic. Yeah. But, you know, I don't own a hairdryer, so I'd have to, like, buy one or, like, borrow one from another person in my complex. Or Is the goal of that to prevent air from getting in? Exactly, yeah. You're trying to stop warm air from leaking out and cold air from leaking in. Yeah. And it saves on gas. And if you happen to be near a window most of the day, uh, which mm-hmm. I will be for the winter, uh, then it keeps you warmer. Mm. Okay, cool. Well, good luck to you if you end up doing that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I will uh, I'll send photos. Oh, good. <laughs> I imagine it'll just be of a window, and I will not even be able to see the plastic wrap. And I'll look at it, and I'll say, cool window, and totally forget that we talked about this. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't say cool window now, I'm just going to be disappointed, honestly. <laughs> Cliff, I'd like a cool window of my own oh my into God. the games that you've been playing, that is. <laughs> Yeah, let's talk about uh, the the games that we've been playing. Yeah, that was hey, really Cliff. good. Yeah. Hey Cliff, what you playing? <laughs> Gosh, playing a couple of different things, I suppose. Um, first and foremost, I want to talk about Hades. Okay. Hades uh, is was it, it was released from or by uh, Supergiant Games, which is the same company that uh, made Bastion quite some time ago. They made Transistor as well mm-hmm. and then i they made a third game in between which i think is named pyre but that's yeah all i could tell you about it pyre is a little different it's like uh it's like a sport game like i'm not even kidding it's like you 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 have a three person team and like it's still in a fantasy setting but you're like playing a sports game oh okay interesting yeah very different so now along comes hades now hades apparently has been in early access uh for quite some time I, I, I don't know how long, but it just got its full 1.0 release beginning of October, I think. And so I've been playing it on the Switch, uh, which I think was the right choice, despite the fact that there are some uh, like frame rate slowdowns at certain times, like if there's a lot of stuff lying around on the screen. Despite the fact that there's some frame rate slowdowns, it is more than made up by the fact that I can bring it with me everywhere I go. <laughs> uh, so Hades is a, um, a roguelike, and the premise is that you are uh, you play as Zagreus, the son of Hades, the god of the underworld, and you are trying to break out of the underworld. And 
you are aided in your quest by uh, the gods of Mount Olympus. So think uh, Zeus, Ares, um, Athena, Artemis, Dionysus. All the people I killed in God of War. Yeah, exactly. Well, they're all back, and they're super cool and helpful, and they're <laughs> incredibly sexy. Every single character in this game is, like, maxed out sexiness. Like, all all the drawings, like, all the art in the game is stunning in terms of quality of the art and sexiness. But anyway, so essentially, it's uh, like a hack-and-slash sort of game. You have six sort of uh, magical, legendary weapons that you can choose from, like your your sword, your spear, shield, bow and arrow, your fists, and then the gun. <laughs> gun. <laughs> the gun. Okay. But uh, you basically choose a weapon. You can choose like a, you know, you have a few different like items that give you different effects and stuff. And uh, you get tossed into the underworld. And basically it's clearing one room after another of random monsters and then at the end of the room you sometimes will have one door sometimes two sometimes three and you choose the door based on what the prize will be in the next room and so some of the options are like get a few gems which help you improve things uh in the underworld uh you can get some of these darkness things these like purple looking gems which you can use to improve your abilities with you can get money, which you can use to buy stuff in the underworld, etc., etc. Other things that you can do is you can get boons, uh, which are basically special abilities from the different gods, and they all have slight different things that they focus on. And so after you play for a bit, you know what the different gods are going to provide you. So you can be like, mm, do I want this one and I'll get this type of reward, or do I want this one, I'll get this type. You can also get pomegranates, which will upgrade the quality of the boons that you already have, like bump them up in their levels so they do more damage or their effects last for longer, etc., etc. So that's um, all awesome. I, I, I like this already. Oh man, uh, if you like this already, you will love this game because the combat in it is so slick and satisfying. It just comes down to you having a handful of options. You have your, your basic attack, you have your special attack, you have your dash, and you have your cast, which like throws out a, a magic spell. And you can get different like summons and things that you can do depending on you know what items you choose or what boons you get. Uh, but it just comes down to that. And it gets better and better and better and better the more stuff you get. And you're not necessarily going to make it all the way out of... Uh, the underworld uh, the first time through. In fact, it's almost guaranteed that you're not. I made it out. I made it out on my I think 25th or 26th playthrough. A friend of mine who was also playing made it out on his 50th playthrough, uh, which admittedly seems a little high. <laughs> but it, I don't know the full context, but I'm hearing people say like 25th, 30th yeah. playthrough to get out. Yeah, somewhere around there. But even if you don't make it, you take the stuff that you got, you go back to the underworld, and you improve your abilities, right? And so every time you do it, you get a little better, you get a little better, you learn how the different things work. Yeah, it's really, really, really uh, super satisfying, fun gameplay. Something that's really cool is the the way that the boons and the things are going to work together, right? And you can get upgrades to the specific weapons that you have. 
you can get upgrades to the different boons that you have. And then interestingly enough, later on, you can actually get what are called duo boons, which basically means it's got the abilities of one god and another god, but they're combined together in an interesting way that's going to benefit both. So take a couple of examples. So uh, Zeus, for example, you can imagine yeah. right away that Zeus, their abilities strike like lightning strikes everybody. So yeah right so for example if you hit somebody with your attack and you have one of zeus's boons they get hit by lightning and that does some more damage right real straightforward right. poseidon his stuff is all about knockback right so you knock back foes and then he has other boons that say like if you knock them into walls they take more damage all that sort of stuff right so eventually you can get a boon that says foes that are knocked back also gets struck by lightning so you can imagine that that's oh man so now you've got all the knockback stuff from poseidon plus all the lightning effects that you have from zeus and it just makes it so much better and those combinations exist between literally like any pairing of any of the gods that you have there there's i think eight different gods and you can find interesting combinations between all of them not to mention uh, combining it together with the different things that your weapons do, which is all all different. All six of the weapons that you have are different and interesting and fun. And they also... <laughs> there's so much in this game. They also have different versions. So uh, the bow and arrow, for example, Koronacht, I think is what it's called, has different versions to it. So you do one aspect of it, and you just do... Your special does just, like, more damage, and it's faster. You do another aspect of it, and after you hit an enemy with your regular attack, your special automatically targets that same enemy. So that's cool as well. There's a, and like, every single weapon has all these different aspects that are really, really, really cool and different. One of the aspects of the gun, for example, turns it from a regular gun into like a laser gun for some reason. <laughs> um, I don't know how that is in theme with the... Like, but it's the, a good reason, though. We don't know why, but it's a good reason. It's a good it reason, a sure. But anyway, all this stuff is really, 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 really super cool and super fun and interesting so that every run that you do, you're going to end up with something different. Now, sometimes in a run, you'll end up with just like, random different boons and you get all sorts of different fun stuff and it's very cool but in some runs everything just works super super well together and you're just like obliterating enemies and it's very very fun and very cool so take all that interesting varied gameplay and add into that not only spectacular art and theming but just a really good storyline and spectacular voice acting so the people who do the voices like whoever voiced zagreus is super good whoever did hades is good i think hades is voiced by the same guy who does zeus and poseidon i think as well the woman who voices um one of the furies uh megara is super super good and like all the different voices like athena's voice is great aphrodite's voice is good uh like demeter's voice is good everybody is really good uh, you meet the god of death thanatos at one point as well his voice is good achilles is in there like they're all good and interesting there's a guy hypnos the the god of sleep i guess who greets you every time you come back 
uh, he tells you how you died and like who killed you and stuff uh, but his voice is really funny as well I think he must voice some of the other characters in the game but they're all really 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 super good so interesting varied gameplay interesting storyline excellent art and voice acting just combined to make it super 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 good and even after you beat it and you get out there is so much end game content like i've beaten it and gotten out um a number of times like i i don't i couldn't even tell you it's definitely more than 10 it's probably getting close to like 20 times i've 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 beaten it and gotten out and i am still unlocking stuff in the game i'm still finding new stuff i'm still leveling up items I'm still finding ways to like accomplish quests and do things like that. There's just so much in the game. So for a game that's like 20, 30 bucks, it is well worth it. It is super, super enjoyable. If you're if you're looking for something, uh, I, I can't recommend it enough. It is spectacular. Having watched so many people like pick it up and see how it's spread, like you know, with the with the switch, you can watch your friends and see what they're playing. And what I find most compelling is when I'll look at my friends list and like everyone is playing one game on the Switch. And I've seen this with, uh, so it happened, of course, with Breath of the Wild. It happened with Pokemon Sword and Shield. It happened with Animal Crossing. And improbably, it's happening with Hades, too. Like, everyone freaking loves this game. Like, uh, I mean, good. I'm glad. It just, like, hearing people who are like okay even if you don't really like this type of game you should still try this game anyway because it's that good yeah even if like uh normally like roguelites or roguelikes aren't your aren't your jam give it a try because it's super super fun uh so that was a lot about hades for me highly highly recommend um bill what have you been playing well, let's see. Uh, so last time I talked about the games I've been playing, I talked about Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp FE Encore Edition. I was last playing that up to like the 25-hour mark. I'm now very, very close to the end. I, uh, I can't fully recommend this game because I think it's just a, kind of an imitation of the Persona games. Like It's got some fun stuff, but... It's mostly like a, a lesser version of Persona 4 okay. or Persona 5. But if you have played those games and you would like another game that's kind of like them, you can play Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Okay. Sort of like a, why have a slider when you can have a full hamburger kind of thing? Right, right. Like uh, we, have, we have dinner at home rather than uh, picking up McDonald's. <laughs> we have dinner at home. Look, we have Persona 5 at home. You don't need Tokyo Mirage Sessions. <laughs> I have picked up this uh, little unknown indie title known as Among Us. Oh, okay. That was actually going to be the next game I was going to talk about. <laughs> I I like it a lot. I, yeah. I think it's a great game. I, uh, I'm not sure exactly what caused it to catch fire the way it did. Yeah. The thing that I like about it compared to... I, I don't really like playing that kind of social deduction game where like werewolf mafia you know whatever you yep. call it mm-hmm. but among us because it has the extra layer of the ship mm-hmm. it really helps me in terms of like trying to make deductions and like trying to uh 
when you're playing, you know, and like as you're, I'm still at the point, I've only played for like, you know, five hours, but I'm still at the point where I don't know like what every section is named or like what every task is. Mm -hmm. And I think like most of us still don't know all the things that can happen in the game, Mm -hmm. which leads to some fun dynamics. Uh, I actually got, I was playing with a friend and like, I thought they were doing something like strange or sus, if you will. Yeah. And so I called an emergency meeting and I was like, I saw them not working on the thing when they were supposed to be working on the thing. I think they're the imposter. Yep. And then like, they were not the imposter. And he was just like, I, I didn't know how to do the thing. I, didn't, I couldn't figure out <laughs> how to do the thing. I didn't know how to do it. <laughs> what am I supposed to do here? Uh, a friend of mine playing it said uh, she was doing the um, testing the samples in medbay. And then it said, okay, it takes a little bit. Go get some coffee. And so we kept asking her. We were like, what are you doing? She's like, apparently I'm taking a coffee break. <laughs> <laughs> so she didn't she didn't know what she was doing there. And admittedly, I didn't know what that, that happened either at that time. So I was like, mm, that's weird that you were taking a coffee break. Uh, but yeah, game told her to take a coffee break. <laughs> Have you been playing a bit? Have you been playing on PC or on your phone? Uh, PC. So I l- love... I mean, the moving around with the keyboard and being able to push tab to open up the map is good. And I didn't realize how good it was until I played around on my phone. And it's night and day difference. I hated it playing on my phone, especially I wasn't able to type quickly. For the most part, I've played games with like my friends and we just, you know, chat with each other uh, while we're playing. And that's the ideal way. But if you're playing with random people on the Internet, you got to be able to chat fast, especially if you, like, report something. If you report something and then in the chat immediately everybody's like, where, 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 right? <laughs> if you're on your phone and you're, like, typing it out and the keyboard is covering up half the screen, then you push enter and then you got to push enter in the screen again, it just takes forever. So it's much better, at least personally, I think, playing on my phone. That said, my fiancé has been playing it with me, and she plays it on her phone, and I think she's fine playing it on her phone. I think she said she preferred playing it on the computer, but she didn't mind playing it on the phone. I really like it a whole lot as well. Now, you said that you're not a fan of the social deduction games. I love social deduction games, especially like social deduction uh, board games. So, Werewolf I really like, Specifically, like, One Night Ultimate Werewolf by Bezier Games, I really like. The Resistance, I really like as well, which I think is published. If I'm being truthful, I think the thing I don't like is that I'm not very good at them. Like, I'm just not very good at, sure, uh, you know, deducing, like, yep. bad intentions, basically. Uh, yep. So, like, with this, or, like, you know, Shadows Over Camelot, that board yeah. game. I like that one as well, yep. because there's, like, there's a game. You, you can just play the game, there's basically. There's something to do, yeah. Yeah, if you're if your town, if your crew, you you know what you have to do and you're just doing yep. it. And like if you can like take some extra brain power and work on this other problem, you can do that, but it's not a the end of the world if you don't. You know what? I think that's I think that's part of the reason why I like uh Among Us a lot more than these other ones. In in the resistance, for example, it is only trying to figure out who is bad based off of actions that they're doing. You send people out on missions and then the spies can fail the missions and then you're just trying to figure that out but if you're not involved in that right if you're either if you're not the sort of person who is able to like directly talk about some things or maybe that's just not who you are you're not particularly confrontational in games or 
you know, if you're not one of the spies or something like that, if you're just sitting around and you're like, I have, I'm a good guy, I have no information, and I don't want to defend myself as aggressively as apparently I need to, then it's not going to work for you. And that's totally fair. So you mentioned Shadows over Camelot, and I think that that's a great example because, yeah, there could be somebody who's evil, but if you're good, you can still do stuff. You can still play the game. There's still something for you to do. So I mentioned One Night Ultimate Werewolf, and I like One Night Ultimate Werewolf, but if you're a villager in that game, you don't wake up, you don't do any different role in the night phase, you just sit there, and then when everybody opens their eyes, you just say, I'm a villager, I didn't see anything, and it's not interesting. Now, there is a different version of Werewolf by the same company, and it's called Werewords. And Werewords is a monumental improvement on the Werewolf formula. Essentially... What happens in there is you're playing 20 questions, right? Somebody, the mayor, knows what the word is. They pick a word or a phrase or whatever it is from an app. Uh, The werewolf also knows what the hidden word is, and they're trying to steer people away from it. The seer also knows what the word is, and they're trying to get people closer to it. So let's say you're trying to guess, uh, let's say on the app the the video game is, uh, or sorry, The word that comes up is video games, right? And so everybody's trying to guess the word, and they're like, okay, well, is it a person? No. Uh, Is it a thing? Yeah. Okay. And you're getting closer and closer. The werewolf is trying to distract people. Seer is trying to get people to guess the word. But you don't want to be too obvious, because at the end of the game, uh, the werewolf can... If the werewolf can identify who the seer is, they still win, right? But the nice Hmm. thing about this is that even if you are a villager... Even if you have no idea what the word is, you're still playing the game. You're still asking questions and trying to figure out what the word is. Your contributions as a villager still matter. You're not just sitting around saying, I didn't see anything, I got nothing to do. And I think that really separates those social deduction games, right? As long as you have something to do, as long as there is a game to be played underneath then it's okay if you get eliminated or if you're not good at lying or things like that. Um, Like in Among Us, I love that even if you're killed, you still can go around and do all your tasks, right? You can still win as a part of the crew if you go and accomplish all your tasks. And I think that is, that's awesome. Yeah, it sucks if you you die, but you still have something to do. Like I've, I've jokingly said to my groups of friends, even though even if you die there's still work to do (laughs) so just because you're dead doesn't mean you could stop doing your job (laughs) which is sad and funny what a capitalist way of thinking what a capitalist way of thinking and i think that that's a that's a huge improvement so it's it's interesting that you say that you don't like social deduction games but you like this one and i think it's just because they've approached it in a way that still makes it fun even if you're not an imposter and even if you're dead (laughs) <laughs> yeah i uh, like yeah i think you kind of alluded to it there yeah i'm not a huge fan of direct confrontation i uh am not very persuasive whether i am town or imposter at arguing in my defense if i get accused mm-hmm. um i don't really like the feeling where it's like at the end it's like oh i got tricked by this other person mm-hmm. but yeah there's enough other levers going on in among us that i i worry less about those things yeah, right? It's it, I like being the ghost, too, and the fact that, you know, 
if you're if you're killed and you're the ghost you can do your tasks and then you can just follow around the person who killed you and just like see what they're doing that's cool i liked uh, i've i've played it with friends a whole lot but uh, the other day my brother and me and uh, another one of my brother's friends uh, we wanted to play but there were only three of us so we just made rooms and had random people join us and that was really fun too like in the chat uh, there were just a bunch of jokes and things that we were doing and <laughs> like somebody said what does sus mean and I said it means suspension like a suspension bridge <laughs> and then somebody else in the chat was like dude what <laughs> and I thought that was really funny and so it was fun playing with randoms too because like that was just an interesting cool experience um, the fact that you can play the game for free on your phone like the barrier to entry on this game is super super low but even if you want to play it on your computer, the fact that it's five bucks is awesome. Yes, you're right. Yeah, I went in like I was gonna. I was planning to play on PC, so I had to buy the game, and I was like, "Well, you know, twenty bucks. We play it once, whatever." Oh, oh, five bucks. Oh, well, all right, good. So yeah, I I really really super like it. Um, and a lot of the big popular games, like I mean, gosh, I I I played Fortnite uh for a little bit with some friends and it was the sort of thing that it was like if you don't practice playing Fortnite, you know 24 hours a day as soon as it came out then you're screwed like you're not gonna right i'm not gonna win a game against ninja for example right like that's not gonna happen um uh, my brother and i were playing fall guys for a little while and my brother got really into it got even up to like all the way to level 40 in the first season and he played it a whole lot and he won a whole lot uh, because he was getting really good at it but it's the sort of thing too when i'm like mm, i haven't really played it a whole lot now so maybe i'm falling behind and i was like okay but i i liked fall guys a little bit more because even if you were really good it was still a lot of just random chaos too when it was like okay I th that's nice um but with among us even if you've been playing for a long time, like you're still doing the same stuff. You could be really good and kind of know what you're doing and know ways to trick people and things like that. But I find that doesn't really happen. I find everybody's still on a really level playing field. Um, I played with a bunch of uh, like my friends uh, from work, and a lot of them were brand new to the game, and they all really enjoyed it, even though they were all brand new to it, which was very cool. So yeah, I think it's awesome. Glad to hear. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna need to find a time to play a bit more mm -hmm. myself yeah actually we should um play together at certain times i'll send you a message if i'm ever uh playing online and you know uh, we, we've got some space and uh if you can hop on that'd be cool yeah sounds good thank you thank you were there any other games you wanted to cover or should i i, I did have uh a okay. couple others i wanted to discuss okay well all right you how about you discuss another one um i know that was your among us was yours and then i ended no, up talking it's... about it a lot so why don't you uh toss another one of your games in the mix and then i'll talk about the, right, the well, game that i was playing that i is a little bit of a surprise for you cool yeah uh so i recently played and completed the game until dawn on stream okay and uh that is a not to be confused with super giant this is a game by super massive games oh that seems a lot bigger than super giant and uh, it's a sort of cinematic game, an interactive fictional tale. And it's uh, meant to be kind of an homage to horror films and stars a lot of pretty big actors, I would say. Oh, yeah? Like, uh, yeah, uh, Rami Malek is uh, 
he's in the game. And uh, Hayden Panettiere uh, from uh, Heroes, she's also in the game. And then a bunch of other people who I... Oh, uh, Peter Stromer uh, is uh, another person in the game. He's done a bunch of different roles throughout the past like 20 years across Hollywood and elsewhere. I think the only one of those that I mentioned that you mentioned that I know is Rami Malek, but uh, I'll, I'll take your word for it. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, like they, they're they're working actors in Hollywood. It's not like, you know, uh, early 90s FMV games with people who were, in, you know, uh, holding the rigging two seconds ago and now they're on screen, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, the idea here being, yeah, it's a game that you play as though it's a horror movie. And the objective is everyone shows up at this haunted mansion in the woods, pretty much. And you yeah. have to get them all out of there alive by the end of the night. Okay. That sounds interesting. And there are a few different ways in which you have to uh, manipulate events in order to keep people safe. There is lots of... Uh, branches in the conversations that characters have with each other uh decisions about how people feel about each other actions they can take places they can go and then there are a series of quick time events that you'll encounter at different points like (laughs) what fun (laughs) (laughs) it'll be a pretty direct correlation between this thing that just happened caused a thing to happen to this uh character but then there will be moments as well where you, uh, you know, some, a character is in peril or a good or a bad thing happens to them. And it's because of like three or four different decisions that you've made up to that point to get to that part of the game. And that's called uh, in-game the butterfly effect. Okay. And like it'll even, uh, you know, chronicle the different, you know, directions of the story in a menu. It'll be like... You said this thing to this person. So then they weren't here at this point. And then this thing happened. Oh, very cool. That's very cool. And like different characters, yeah, will have varying levels of uh, danger they're in. And they're, you know, big action scenes. Uh, And then there, of course, is gore and scary stuff happening every now and then. And it's, you know, it can be pretty intense. Uh, It's pretty violent moments Some pretty... uh, pretty big jump scares um the the two things i would knock the game on are there are just too many damn characters uh there's like over a dozen different people you have to keep track of throughout the story and it just leads to a lot of the time when you're playing you'll go you'll play as a character and then it'll be hours before you even see that character again they'll barely be mentioned Hmm. and that that's just kind of not the best way to make me feel any like particular pull towards these people and like keeping them safe for completely benign reasons. Like there is a character you meet early on and then she goes like, I'm going to go wander off over here and then nothing bad happens. She's just like out of the story for, you know, three chapters. And then finally you come back around to to discover her. Yeah. And then also, making that issue worse is there's some pacing issues because the game will want you to explore different environments. And the, the reason it wants you to explore the environments is uh, it's trying to get you to solve the mystery for what's happening in this world. Like why 
are all these bad things happening. There are, you know, mysterious people. There is, like, the uncertain fate of some characters that you have to unravel. And uh, they, like, (laughs) for example, there will be a part where you're in this haunted mansion and you just kind of, like, wander around the haunted mansion for 15 minutes, just, like, picking up books, looking at photos and, like, kind of learning things about the different characters and stuff. And it's kind of boring. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You wish that 15 minutes was just a little bit more haunted. Yeah, like there was more action or like it got cut down and just like the the uh, the tension was a little more uh, even in how it's distributed. Like there'll be some really intense white knuckle moments and then nothing really happens for like an hour. Hmm. It's like, well, that's not that good. Hmm. Uh, I, I really feel like this is sort of a good thing for their second game, which is called Dark Pictures man of madan they really did uh tighten up a lot of this stuff like they cut the cast in half there are only like five characters now that you have to keep track of and then uh the game is only half as long which i think is actually a good thing because it just means they're less indulgent in uh like messing around with like different environments and doing you know stuff that didn't matter i would say overall it's still entertaining it's even, you know, being twice as long, it's like eight to ten hours, but it felt fun to see how things ended, even though it's a bit silly. Like, the the plot isn't, even knowing, like, they're trying to spoof horror movies, I would say the plot is so-so. But the the stealth thing here is, this is a stealth cooperative game, because okay, it is, you know, only one person playing at a time, but you can, like, take turns switching off. Like, okay, you're going to play as this person. I'm going to play as this person when it's their perspective. Or you can just have it like, well, so you're sitting on the couch with another person and you're like, well, what do you think? What should we say here? What would what would Sam say here? Would they be, you know, compassionate or would they be sarcastic? Would Chris crack a joke or would he get angry? You know, stuff like that. Yeah, so, uh, and, and like on top of that also now, like, I think specifically right now it's like 10 bucks. Or like you could find a copy for ten bucks pretty easily on like eBay or Amazon. That's great you know, if you wanted to. And God, that's, uh, that's more and more a big selling point for me for some of these games. You know, if I'm looking at like a you know a AAA game and they're like, hey, eighty dollars, I'm like, mm, I could probably find something that's gonna give me the same amount of enjoyment, the same longevity, but it'll be a quarter of that price. That is extremely likely. Yeah, I, I, there is a many many uh really good games out there for very not much money if you uh just are looking on different e-shops or look on amazon or even if you just like need to go to target pick up some supplies you go to the clearance aisle there'll be stuff for like 10 bucks 20 bucks that's uh really good that's everything i have to say about until dawn and you have uh cliff one other game you wanted to tackle i don't remember if i talked about this before maybe i did Have I talked about the Pokemon trading card game online before? I don't recall that we have. I think this is uh, new ground. I think this is new. So let me give you a little bit of uh, background to this. Jen's sister has a kid. So it's Jen's nephew. And he's about eight or so. And he is super, super into the Pokemon trading card game. Okay. Um, Now, he's also the sort of kid that... I mean, he's a young kid, and so his attention's all over the place, and he also gets a little 
uh, upset when he doesn't win and different things. It, it, it We have to do a little bit more planning when he comes to visit. <laughs> he, really nice kid, and uh, we just got to be a little bit more cautious uh, about some of the stuff. So I thought, hey, I really like board games and card games and stuff. He's really into this. I should buy some introductory stuff for this, for this game, learn how to play the game, and then when he comes over, I can teach him how to play this game, and this is something that we can do together, right? And I've got experience with Pokemon, so I know that stuff, you know, and I've got experience with board and card games, so I can figure out how to play this game, and I think that'll be a nice thing, and uh, it'll be it'll be a cool thing, right? Yes. That's kind of what I was thinking. That's my premise. So... I bought a few different things. Fortunately, there is a, a an introductory set called the Pokemon Trading Card Game Battle Academy that comes with three pre-made decks and gives you a, a bunch of different stuff that you that help to play the game, like life counters and things like that. So I got that. I got a few like booster packs and things like that, and some extra like energy and training cards or trainer cards because you need that to build a deck. And this kid only has Pokemon. He doesn't have any of the support cards that you need. <laughs> like, he doesn't have any trainer cards, and he doesn't have any energy, and a 60-card deck is going to have uh, some energy in it, right? It's not just going to be all Pokemon. Uh, so I bought some of these things because I was like, okay, if I'm going to help him build a deck with some of his cards, I'm going to need some of this stuff. But anyway, along with all these booster packs and stuff, they give you a little QR code, and you can scan it or type it into the the online version, and you can get the same stuff online. So I've been playing some of the Pokemon trading card game uh, online. Have you ever played the Pokemon trading card game? You know, I I played the Game Boy Color version of the Pokemon trading card game, which is using you know cards that were in prints back in like 1996. <laughs> so technically yes, but realistically no. Okay, so let me tell you this. This was the absolute easiest card game that I think I've ever learned how to play. Um, and I've, I've played a whole bunch of different card games. Uh, most recently, I've played the Marvel Champions card game. Um, that one's pretty complex. Uh, for a long time, I was into Android Netrunner, uh, which is also very complex. And I have some experience playing Magic the Gathering as well, uh, which is more complex too this one is bananas easy like you basically you've got your deck of cards and in your opening hand you put a pokemon out as your main pokemon you can have some pokemon on your bench and if your main pokemon gets knocked out you can switch it out with a pokemon on your bench and every time you knock out one of your opponent's pokemon you get to take one of your prize cards and you have six prize cards so you can knock out six of your opponent's pokemon take six prize cards and uh, you win. And that kind of makes sense, because if you think about the video game, you can only have six Pokemon total anyway, so if you knock out six of your opponent's Pokemon, you, you, you know, you've knocked out all their Pokemon thematically. Um, another way that you can win is if you knock out your opponent's active Pokemon, and they have no Pokemon sitting on the bench to swap in, right? So you got to make sure that you have Pokemon on your bench, but you don't want to fill up your Pokemon. You don't want to fill up your bench with garbage Pokemon because once it's full, it's full. The only way you can get rid of them is if they're actively knocked mm -hmm. out, mm -hmm. right? You can have different evolution cards. So if you put down, let's say you put down uh, Pikachu, uh, you can put down an evolution card on top of them on the next turn, turn them into Raichu, 
Every turn you can attach one energy from your hand to a card that's either on the bench or your active Pokemon. And based on how many energy you have attached, it lets your Pokemon do their different things. Like Pikachu's basic attack might have one energy and its fancier attack might have two or three. I forget what it is. And that's basically it. You're doing all that sort of stuff. So it is real, real super simple. You're only ever having one Pokemon fighting one other Pokemon. Maybe there's variations of the game when you can have like the, the tag team battles or whatever it is like you can in the video game. But for the card game, you have one Pokemon, they have one Pokemon, and you're basically smacking each other over the head. <laughs> <laughs> so, and what I have found works every single time I've played it online is just to get my most powerful Pokemon put all the energy onto that Pokemon and then just use its most powerful move and just kill, 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 kill. That's that it. seems like a sound basic. Yeah. I mean, arguably it's the exact same way that I would win Pokemon battles in the game itself. I'd put out my main Pokemon. I'd use their most powerful move over and over and over and over and over. Only when it's like, oh, there was some type incompatibility would I switch them out. But that's basically the same thing that I'm doing. So it's... Uh, it's remarkably simple, I think. Now, granted, I'm sure it is a game that it is designed to be played by children. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm not in the target audience for the Pokemon trading card game. But it is very, very simple. Now, there's a little bit of a surprise to go along with this. A friend of mine said, hey, I've got some codes for Magic Arena. And it's free to download, and you can have these codes, and you can get some packs in-game. And I said, I'm sold. Ooh. So I have also been playing the Magic the Gathering Arena, which, now that I can compare Magic to Pokemon, it makes me appreciate the nuances of Magic so much more. So... I'm sure I don't need to tell this to you because you know the most about magic of anybody that I've ever <laughs> met. <laughs> so, but like, even just playing with like the basic introductory decks that they give you on MTG Arena, they're just so interesting and different things you can do. Like putting out all your different, like um, your creatures, right? I, I don't necessarily know the terminology, so my apologies. But putting them all out and just getting to be like, okay, who do I want to attack with this turn? Okay, that they're going to attack me next turn, so I can't attack with everybody because I want to be able to defend myself. Oh, I've got these abilities, and it's not going to affect that. Oh, if I put this character out, everybody gets an extra bonus because it all applies to each other. Like, just all these little subtleties that you can do that just make it so much more of a strategic game. It just, like I said, it just makes me really appreciate magic so much more for, for what it is and just how much better it does as a, like a competitive strategic card game. Like the Pokemon card game, I think is, is I, it's going to be ideal for, uh, for Jen's nephew there because it's, it's straightforward. You hit each other over the head with your most powerful attack over and over and over until someone dies. Like that's, that's the premise. And I think that's awesome. Of course, there's strategy elements and balancing out your types and all that sort of stuff. But even after you've built your deck, you know, there's really only one thing. You're like, okay, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to pull this guy out. I'm going to evolve him. And then there we go. But with magic, even after I feel like you built that deck, you're still like, okay, I know what I want this deck to do, but I still have to be able to respond to it, respond to the situation as it's coming up. And I think that's very cool. And 
now that I'm playing MTG Arena as well, it also makes me think that I have never played Magic correctly ever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever played it correctly. I mean, in both the Pokemon card game and Magic, you're only allowed to put down one basic land card or one energy each turn. And I don't remember ever playing with that rule. I remember just being like, oh, my hand's full of land. I'll throw it all down, <laughs> right? Oh, it's the first turn, and I'm putting out this, you know, six mana cost creature. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't think I was playing well, it right. Look, we, we <laughs> played together, and I, I wouldn't have let that fly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. So I'll I'll I'll, I'll trust past Bill wouldn't have let me <laughs> do that sort of stuff. <laughs> but yeah. So these are the other things I'm playing. And um, yeah, the the Pokemon card game, interesting, uh, interesting, but ultimately very simple. And I think that's on purpose. And credit to the designers for making something that I am confident I can teach to someone who is eight years old, you know? And also my credit to Magic as well, especially because they just released, um, like, a new set of cards too, didn't they? Yes, they just put out a new set, Zendikar Rising. And playing this and looking at all that stuff, I could see how it would be so easy for me to get back into this, (laughs) right? Like... It's, yeah, it's super easy. Uh, Yeah. Like, uh, even, you know, I I took the summer off, basically, from Magic, but, yeah, I played a little bit of the new set here and there, and just, like, I I know I could just be, like, sit down for an afternoon and just draft, like, four or five times in a row for ten hours if I I, uh, fell down the wrong hole. I have not done that. I'll go on the record (laughs) and say I have not done that, but I could do that. But you could, yeah. You could definitely see yourself doing it. It's not a big stretch of the imagination. No. Like, I got some friends who, they play Magic together um, a whole lot. And uh, they were saying, they're like, you know, uh, you should, you know, when you can, you should come over at some time. And we got all these themed decks, and you can play with them. And we got all these commander decks, and we can play, and it'll just be fun. And I'm like, oh, that sounds really fun. <laughs> so... Anyway, that was my uh, surprise, was to tell you that I was playing Magic a little bit recently. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, I enjoyed when we got to play a little bit way back when. So, uh, yeah, we should at least be uh, Arena Buds. Yeah, we could, <laughs> we could be Arena Buds. Take our friendship to a oh, whole new yeah. level. <laughs> but, yeah, I think that's everything that I've been playing recently. Okay. Yeah, I think we've covered... Everything I've been up to as well, yeah, I mean, uh, mostly just been plugging away on stream, or I, yeah, I've played that Tokyo Mirage Sessions, but I already talked about that, so you, you can listen to the previous episode where I discussed it. Cliff, I think that brings this episode of So Many Bits to a close. Uh, if you want people to find you anywhere, where can they find you? Easiest thing to do is probably to find my uh, my improv group, uh, Moist Theater, Uh under normal circumstances, we perform in and around uh, the Toronto area on a pretty regular basis. When we are able to and when we feel comfortable performing again, uh, we'll be back at it. So you can find us on facebook.com slash moistheater, and that's where we'll be when we are back at it. As for us, we can be reached by email at so many bits podcast at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, we're so many bits on there. Follow us on Twitter and Tumblr at so many bits. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Please rate, interview, or download from Simplecast or stream via Spotify. 
we play games. Twitch.tv slash so many bits Wednesday and Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Central Time, as well as the occasional Saturday and Saturday, November 7th. I will be streaming 12 hours for Extra Life. More details for that to come on uh, social media. And last but not least, thank you very much for listening. Have a great summer.